0: Alright, welcome back. This is Brad Costanzo. Now, if I have any new listeners today, uh, especially since I was one of the panelists and quote unquote icons of influence at my buddy Steve Olsher's New Media Summit here in San Diego last week, I appreciate you listening uh, to Bacon Wrap Business. And today's episode is going to be a really fun one and it's going to give you a cool resource to connect with me. And I know this because I've already had the interview so I'm recording this introduction afterwards and there's uh, and I'll explain exactly why I invited Christo Shepard as my guest on the show today now if you are just getting familiar with bacon wrap business as a lot of people were that I met at uh, Steve's new media summit last week let me explain a couple things first of all this show is my platform to talk to people that really intrigue me about topics uh, especially business topics that I know that I can personally use and or my clients can use, or I'm just really intrigued by what's going on by that person uh, individually. As such, I have been known by myself as the uh, host of the most selfish podcast on iTunes, and that is because every single guest I talk to, I've got a very authentic curiosity about because I think it's going to be useful not only for myself, but for all of my listeners out there, whether you are a business owner, an entrepreneur, or trying to get into that space. It is also a tremendous way that I connect with other business owners and founders and entrepreneurs who are trying everything they can and bleeding uh, blood, sweat, and tears to grow, especially when times are hard. By the way, one of the very best ways that you can utilize uh, myself is to reach out to me when you have questions and if you are stuck, if your revenues aren't growing, if they're plateauing or if they're falling, there is a very good chance I can help you out. I love nothing more than doing that. And that is what I do in my business as a consultant, as an entrepreneur, as an investment banker, as somebody who acquires businesses, as somebody who loves helping others. And today is going to go right along with that theme because I invited Christos Shepherd on the show. Now, Christos, he piqued my curiosity for two very big reasons. Number one, fresh out of undergraduate college, he started and later sold an airline called Air Thalassa. It was a Greek airline. He was living in Athens at the time. And then he went on to help governments and entrepreneurs in Africa start airlines on their own. Now, he was... Uh, we talked a lot about this, about you know the ups and the downs, and you know what kind of mindset it takes in order to do this, and you'll you'll hear about that. But these days, and even more interesting to me is that he's the co-founder of an app called Campfire, which is a truly revolutionary audio app that pays users like you to ask great questions to their favorite experts, celebrity, and podcasters like moi. And besides eliciting and just sharing intimate audio stories, users can donate your earnings to your favorite charities if you wish. Um, So on Campfire, social media really does good. As a podcaster, it's a really cool way for me to potentially connect with you guys. Um, I, As you'll hear me talk about in the show, I don't like the question, can I pick your brain? But if you offer value in return, either in form of financial or exposure, I am happy to let you do that. And Campfire enables that. In fact, I will talk about this more during the show. But if you right now go to baconwrappedbusiness.com forward slash askbrad, that will forward to my Campfire profile. You can download the app on iOS right now. Android isn't available. And you can ask me a question. And I will answer you. And it will be a lot of fun. This all ties into an underlying thread that I talk a lot about, which is access and influence. And we go into that in the show as well. But that being said, I guarantee you're going to get a lot out of listening to this, including the opportunity to chat with me and ask some questions. So I am going to switch over and get Christos on the call. All right. So let's bring Christos Shepard on the call. Christos, how
1: are you? Hi, Brad. I'm great. I'm even better for being here. Thanks so much for having me.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, it's a a pleasure to meet you. You know, you're, um, as I mentioned in the introduction, the... The bio that you sent over was definitely intriguing. You 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 hooked me with a couple of, of really cool points. I mean, you started an airline uh, and sold it out of college. I definitely want to get into that, and uh, because that's you know you don't come across a lot of people who've got that experience. And you have developed a really really cool, um, tool app and platform for influencers and experts to interact with their audiences in a really unique way. And it's, and it kind of piggybacks off some stuff that I've got some experience with in the past. And as a podcaster, as an influencer, as somebody who does have an audience and talks to them, I'm always looking for ways to engage with them more so. And I know that my audience is always looking for ways to to learn more from uh, their ability to access influential people and access and influence are two very big underlying themes in my life and my success. So I want to dive into those. Uh, But first, before we get into Campfire and everything you're doing there, you gotta tell me, probably a story you've told a million times, but about starting an airline over in Greece.
1: Yeah, well, um, starting an airline is is quite hard, really. right? The only reason why I started it was because I was young and naive, honestly. Like, I didn't really have a grand ambition. I wasn't didn't come out of the womb wanting to start an airline or anything like that and i was a history major when i did undergrad so i didn't it's not even like i had any particular background in it um i was with my greek girlfriend we were on the island of mykonos in september in greece i love Um, that's where i that's
0: where i honeymooned, by the way in september in
1: greece a couple years ago wonderful congratulations on your recent uh, nuptials it's a wonderful place as you'll know yes were you living Um, there by the way is that where you lived Oh, uh, no, I was living in Athens. Oh, okay, um, great. but you were Greece. living in Greece. When Greece. I, lived, I was living in Greece. Okay, um, but I was there with my girlfriend, and and we, you know, we were st- we were basically stuck on Mykonos because the winds were blowing really strongly, and all the boats were cancelled, and there. are far worse things in life than being stuck um, right. on the island of Mykonos with your really hot Greek girlfriend when you're twenty one, I can assure you. <laughs> but um nevertheless, you know, it was kind of inconvenient. I had work to, to 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 go to and we were supposed to be going to the UK a couple of days later. So it was all a bit of a nightmare. And when we did eventually catch a ferry back to Athens, the winds were still blowing strongly. So the boat was listing from side to side, people were vomiting. It took like five hours to to travel a distance of hundred miles as the crow flies. So you know, I just remember thinking at that time, like the infrastructure, the travel infrastructure of Greece needed some considerable improvement. Uh, and that very same evening, the evening, we, my girlfriend and I got back to Athens. We watched Six Days and Seven Nights, which is a Harrison Ford movie uh, in which I think Harrison Ford flies around on a seaplane anyway. And I remember saying to Tania, uh, my girlfriend, listen, you know, they, they really should. Where are the seaplanes in Greece? There's all this water and the, the, the transport infrastructure is, is poor um, somebody should do it. And I decided, well, I'm going to give it a try. And as I say, because I was only 19 or 20 years old at the time when I first had the idea and about 21, when I actually started working on it, um, you know, I, I just think I, I just had that, that conviction that young people have that everything's going to be okay. And you can make it work in the end. If I was to, to try and do the same thing again, now, I think I'd be <laughs> considerably more hesitant Um and it wasn't. It really was not an easy ride. I mean, it took well, two let's or go- three years really to get the to get the thing off the ground.
0: Well, well so you started. Was it a seaplane airline? Is that what it was? Okay.
1: Yes. Yes. So it was a sea, it's So Air Falissa was a, a seaplane um, operator. We we flew seaplanes mostly from uh, the Greek mainland to to some of some of Greece's many islands. Okay.
0: Now, did you did you lease the planes? Like go through the? Because I'm I'm always interested in the kind of the mindset and the approach necessary to take on something with absolutely no experience and just say, this would be kind of cool, but where the hell do you start? Like I've heard Richard Branson's story about how he started Virgin uh, Airlines. But, so you had this idea, what was the very first thing you did?
1: (laughs) Um, I actually just moved to Greece. I didn't really have any particular plan. I just thought that I would go to Athens and make it work. Um, I learned Greek too because I knew that I was, I was going to have to <laughs> deal right. with people. And it was really, honestly, a total accident of history that um, the landlady of the apartment I rented, her ex-husband happened to be the former director general of the Hellenic Civil Aviation Authority. Hmm. Okay. And so she introduced me. I mean, I mentioned to her what I was doing in, in, in passing when I rented the flat, rented the apartment. And she was like, oh, you should speak to my, my ex-husband. You should speak to him. And, and you know, we sat down shared probably one too many glasses of ouzo. Um, and it was thanks to him, really, that I, I you know got the introductions that I needed to uh, the people that I needed to meet. And it was those people in turn who really actually took the airline forward and helped us to get it off the ground. I, I simply provided the, the concept. I think, nice. to be honest, if, if you know if Richard Branson was honest, and I, I greatly admire the man, he's a terrific and very successful businessman, uh, I think he would also say, you know, he's not a, actually an aviation expert, but he does have the... The selling power, the pulling power, the brand power, the charisma uh, to persuade more knowledgeable people than he to join him on his adventures well, that's and to try the key and, forward yeah. yeah, and
0: and you said that's what you did is you you created the you had the vision and then you partnered up and brought in the people who had more experience in this area than
1: yourself yes, exactly nice exactly.
0: now did, and then how long did it take i mean because I imagined you guys. You know, did, you lease a, did you lease a plane, or did you guys buy yeah, one? Did we, you
1: use somebody else's? No, we, we definitely leased aircraft. Um, we leased aircraft, and, and and it, I mean, for anybody out there who actually wants to start an airline, that's the real secret to starting an airline. Absolutely. Many people think you've got to buy a plane, but that involves tens of million do- millions of dollars of, of expenses. Um, you know, leasing, you know, you're, you're paying usually from half to 1% of the value of, of the list price value of an aircraft per month, Mm -hmm. uh, which you were able to get Air Palace off the ground for about 6 or 7 million euros, which is about $10 million, or was about $10 million back then.
0: Okay, so, Um, I mean, it took a significant amount of capital to get it going. What what was the most, um, well, two questions. Number one, from idea to first flight with paid customers, how long did that take?
1: That was a, I didn't start, although I had the idea, I didn't start working on it immediately. But from, from the day I started working on it to mm-hmm. first flight was about 18 months.
0: Okay, okay. And then um, the most expensive part of the entire, you know, startup process from when you started working on it until you got that um, was, I mean, you said it took about six or seven million euros. What, what are some of the, the biggest expenses involved in some of
1: that? Uh, well, I don't mean to give this answer as a cop-out, but no. honestly, the most expensive part of starting a complicated business like that is the emotional toll that it pays <laughs> off. I imagine. It's actually a really horrible experience when you have money of that magnitude, particularly, at, you know, I was relatively young, so yeah. it, it, was, it was an even bigger deal to me at the time. You have money of that magnitude at risk. You could lose it at any time, disappointing all of your investors. You could lose the faith and trust of all of these people around you that you've managed to recruit. They're all wiser and older and mm-hmm. cleverer than you are, and you, you feel you're going to look like a fool if you end up disappointing them or, or, or steering them into a ditch. So I think it was that emotional toll um, that, that that proved the most "quote unquote" expensive.
0: Well, I understand um, that, but I mean, because you mentioned six or seven million euros went into that. Like, what are what are some of the big? Exp- and I'm asking out of pure ignorance, but just trying to grasp this. Is it you know was the was the leasing of the airline, or I'm sorry, was the leasing of the plane? You know, multiple millions, or was it mark? You know, was there a huge amount spent on marketing? Because I'm just trying to g- wrap my brain. Uh, yeah,
1: this. I would say the big the big ticket items were certainly the, the leasing of the aircraft, um, the paying of salaries. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something that, that a lot of people don't understand, that an, airline's, uh, that an airline's bottom line generally, whether you're a seaplane operator or otherwise, is, is mostly people. And the reason why people are so expensive in the airline industry is not because pilots are particularly well paid, but because you need so many of them for each aircraft uh, that you operate. Typically, there will be a ratio of about um, five or even six pilots for every one aircraft that you own. And that's because there are obviously restrictions on the number of hours pilots can fly and things like that. So, you know, you just need a, a lot of people basically to run an airline. And that's that's kind of where a lot of the, the money raised uh, went to. So we had at, at our peak, I think we had something like 35 or 36 um, pilots. Oh, wow. Even more problematic is, of course, the fact that seaplane pilots are a bit harder to come by than sort of oh, conventional I would imagine. Um, commercial airline pilots so so they demanded a, a premium for that and of course we had to pay for their relocation because there weren't any seaplane pilots in greece at that time um so yeah i think that was probably the most expensive um the most expensive part but you know a lot of our money and resources was taken up lobbying the government so there's no seaplane infrastructure in greece at the time um so one of the questions that we had to solve was well where are these seaplanes going to land because there's literally nowhere for them to dock i mean you can land in the sea fine that that's free so to speak but there's no there's nowhere for these seaplanes to dock there's no passenger loading and unloading stations where are we going to maintain these aircraft so a lot of investment went into creating some of that infrastructure um at every one of the destinations that we that we launched
0: oh i could just imagine now then you later sold that airline was it to uh to another airline is that
1: correct uh no, it was actually to so I it was basically a, a an investor buyout. So okay. I, I sort of the inverse of a management buyout, if you like. Oh, nice! Um, and they took over the they took over all of the all of the assets and, and yeah, I sold up, sold out, and went to go and help other people to start airlines of their own in in different parts of sub-Saharan Africa.
0: Wow, that no, it's so fascinating. And now you've totally switched in your, um, that's what I kind of want to get to where you what you're doing now because I think it's also really really fascinating. Um, you've created Campfire. And Campfire is an app, I'm gonna let you talk exactly about what it is. But it, uh, well, yeah, I don't wanna put words in your mouth. Tell us what Campfire is. No,
1: I mean, I know that you've downloaded the app already. So um, you you know all about it, but Campfire is a mobile app for iOS. Android is coming soon. Mm -hmm. And it's an audio-based platform where you can ask your burning questions to your favorite experts, podcasters, celebrities, the sorts of people that you can't normally get access to because they're, you know, out of reach. Um, and those people will then answer you your questions directly uh, in the form of personalized audio messages that are sent directly to your phone. So, for example, Brad, I might ask you a question. You would respond to me via audio. But the really cool part is that if I ask you a really good question, Brad, a question... That gets other people to listen in, a popular question, um, then I will end up getting paid real money. And of course, so will you. So you and I both make actual dollars um, from asking and answering good questions. Uh, and we can, if we want to, we can donate some or all of our earnings to whichever charities we respectively support. And so we say on Campfire that social media does social good.
0: Nice. I like that. I like it a lot. And yeah, I did download it and I played with it. And by the way, for anybody listening right now, I set up a short link to where you can actually go there and find my profile, download the app, and ask me a question. I've I set it down to just $1 per question right now just to see if I can, uh, you know, test this out with some of my listeners. If you go to baconwrappedbusiness.com forward slash askbrad. It will forward to the campfire profile, and uh, I started playing with it. And as I said, it's um, I, I'm familiar with some of the expert on demand uh, sites in the past. Uh, you know, one of, I mentioned to you offline, uh, Clarity.fm, which was founded and then exited by my friend and former uh, guest on the show, Dan Martell. It was really interesting because you can go there and you can schedule calls with people. Uh, you know, just one on one phone calls. Uh, for you know, ha- as long as you want, and um, what you told me the difference between this and that is, and I really like it is people ask a simple question, I get to quickly respond back to them in my um, you know, and get paid for it, you know, via an audio message. But I love the fact that other people can listen to the answer that I gave, and both people can get paid. Uh, the other thing that do- that can do for influencers, I see, is. It can show it can show other people when they listen to the answers that oh wow this person really knows what they're talking about, and I think it can help demonstrate even more authority than um, you know something else where they okay that's great somebody reviewed my somebody reviewed my um, clarity profile and they they talked about how great I was but. You know that a review is a
1: review, right? Absolutely. Now people can actually eavesdrop on your expertise and your knowledge and your perspective and your stories, um, and find out for themselves, really, (laughs) how good you are.
0: Now let me ask you this on here. So I was, uh, and you guys, if I'm talking above your head, you just got to go download it and uh, and start playing with it because I'm going to ask some user questions. So I've got the app open on my phone right now, and one of the most important uh, things for a marketplace app like this is r- discovering the right people, right? So you've got it all in different categories, from you know money and business and tech, et cetera. I can ask you know all this stuff, but if I click, let's just say on money, how is it that the profiles are listed? Is it is it is it in some kind of um, Hierarchy, like the person who has the most questions or the person who's been rated, is it random? How is it right now listed as far as the experts in each area?
1: So a lot of the content as it's presented to users on Campfire is curated, and we do that deliberately, okay. uh, at least for the time being. So we, we try, we have a content team, and we try to surface... Uh, the content that we think is most interesting so that, you know, that content becomes much easier for people to find. That's very distinct from, you know, conventional social media platform where there's, you know, a a computer or an algorithm is deciding, um, you know, what, Brad, you see on your screen every time you open the app, depending on who you follow, who you engage with, who your friends are. Um, You know, we are very much trying to kind of blend together the curation of a digital magazine with the sort of the thriving chaos of of a a more conventional social media platform.
0: Okay, so right now, like if I click on that and I see Erica Rabara is number one on features. Okay, so this is somebody that you guys kind of manually curated and said we we, we kind of want to feature her because it portrays us in a good you know, it portrays the app in a good, useful light as opposed to just having it like an algorithm.
1: Yeah. Cool. I mean, I hope, I hope she does. She's, cool. she's wonderful. She um, she's she a Filipina. Um, she's from the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And she is the girlfriend of a, a sort of famous uh, pop star and movie star from the Philippines. Mm, nice. So she dispenses a lot of advice, sort of a uh, la Hugh Grant from Notting Hill. You know, dispenses mm. advice. What's it like to go out with a celebrity? And, you know, how do you know... Um, or how does your boyfriend know that you love him, you know, for who he is and not for his fame or for his, you know, his money or whatever? And she gives some really quite very sweet answers, uh, I think. So you know, she's a she's a, she's one of my favorites on the on the platform, actually.
0: That's great. Now you guys, it looks like you guys have about eighteen or so different categories. Everything ranging from, as I said, from food, money, tech, travel, relationships, health, et cetera. What has been the most popular category so far with? Uh, question askers.
1: I mean, it's early days yeah. right now. Um, so it's it's still a bit unclear exactly which direction Campfire is going to pull. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, people do talk about entrepreneurship, about startups, about businesses and things like that. I get a lot of questions about, you know, how did you start an airline and... Um, uh you know asking me questions about campfire, how can I start my own app and things like that, I get questions like that a lot and i I always um you know answer every question that I receive, obviously since it's my own platform. I just um, found
0: you and I'm going to follow you boom
1: oh excellent just cool. did it. i'm gonna, i'm gonna i'm gonna follow you back I'm nice <laughs> there we go
0: um now th- yeah, this is great and you know the i've got a there you go, I just followed you back I saw yeah. it I love it so. <laughs> What I like about this a lot is, you know, I was I was thinking the other day, a few months ago, about what has been all of the, you know, what has been the underlying theme of success in my life? And two words came up, and it was access and influence. And then I started, as I dug deeper into access and influence, I started to realize that it, it's actually the underlying theme of success for really... Society for individuals across everybody. I mean, if you don't have access to, I mean, access can be access to loving and supportive parents and, uh, and you know, in shelter, you know, if you grow up in the haves yeah. and the have nots, access to education, access to money, capital, access to supportive friends, access to ideas and information is really, you know, if you don't have access, you don't really have anything. But yeah. access does not have to be ownership, right? You don't have to, like I always say, I don't have to be the smartest person uh, about a topic if I, know, if I know how to get access to the people who are. And then if I have influence to get them to, to uh, you know, give me their answers or let me access their brilliance or access their capital or access their resources or access their Rolodex, then I can really move mountains. And I think access and influence are, you know, the two hinges that swing the big doors of opportunity. And what you 're doing fits right along those lines is you are giving access to influential people to the masses and democratizing that in in really like bite sized chunks and when they can access influence, it just gives them many more tools. They may have one simple little strategy to uh, you know or not strategy but one question or one tactic or one thing they 're stuck on, and as opposed to going and trying to find somebody. You know, the worst thing in the world you can ask anybody, especially of influence, is, hey, can I pick your brain? (laughs) Right? That's the worst. We all hate it. And to my listeners, don't ever ask me that. But you provide the opportunity for people to pick the brain for a price. And to and by doing that, the more people that pick my brain for a price, the more influence grows on your marketplace and app, which which helps me. So you're really solving a really cool problem for both consumers
1: and influencers. So Well, it's more than that, if I, if I may be Please. so bold, Brad, as to flog my platform You may be bold. <laughs> is that actually the people who ask, remember I said, people who ask you questions um, get paid whenever anybody else listens to your answer. Right. This means the people who ask you questions have a financial incentive to take your message, whatever your message is, and spread it far and wide on your behalf they 're almost like a mini publicist acting on your behalf you 're not even paying them to do so, but nevertheless, there they are, spreading your message on their facebook, their Twitter, whoever else it happens to be if they 're a journalist, perhaps they 're publishing quotes that you 've uh, delivered in their you know in their blog in their newspaper in their magazine, whatever it happens to be. but your central point brad i 'm so glad like this is exactly what this is about right This is exactly about giving influence to people and uh, what I'm about to say may make me sound like a bit of a, you know, a, a, an arsehole, but whatever. Go for I it. Do it. You know, to, I went to, Nick and I, my co-founder, and I met each other at Stanford Business School. And, and Stanford Business School has a series of um, events called View From The Top, where we get really famous people, very accomplished business people to come. And, you know, they, they sit in a, in, a, in a very small group setting. There's 20 or 30 students invited at any one time, and we get to pick their brains. Um, Oprah Winfrey came. Uh, we had Mitt Romney. Uh, we had um, uh, Hillary Clinton came. Like so all of these like famous names, you know. Anyway, one day Ariana Huffington showed up, and I, I was supposed to be having lunch with Ariana Huffington, me and you know about fifteen or twenty other students. And I just couldn't be bothered. It was weird. Like you have so much access to so many amazing people when you're in a place like Stanford. Yeah. That I'm just fatigued by it all. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to meet. That can't be bothered i'm gonna like i'll get another hour's sleep and then well and what is she
0: gonna do specifically for me right now it's one of those things right it's like "Eh, okay that'd be great to meet her but so what
1: you know exactly and you you just become accustomed or at least i have feel like in my life because i've been very privileged in terms of access and education and reading and, and you know my upbringing and things i'm just very privileged in terms of the things that i can access now as i mentioned before on the other hand You know, I've worked in sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, I was in places like Rwanda, Sierra Leone, Ghana, Nigeria, etc. And I've seen with my own eyes the effect that non-access has on people's opportunities and people's uh, chances. Not just academically, but also professionally and in their personal lives as well. There are parts of, not even parts of, the majority of of, um, Africa, not not only do people in Africa not get to talk to Arianna Huffington, Uh, They also don't get to talk to anybody who has talked to Arianna Huffington or to talk to anybody who's talked to anybody who's talked to Arianna Huffington. They're so far removed from that level of access. Um, And I think what we're trying to do with Campfire is to, as you say, democratize access uh, to people who have the knowledge, expertise, opinion, perspective, or who can serve up inspiration um, and, and spread that knowledge, spread that access, not only within the U.S., but also worldwide.
0: I love it. I love it. And I, and I could not agree more. As I said, it goes right to my little thesis of how important it is and how, you know, if, if you, if you've got, if you've got it, you can move mountains. If you don't, I mean, you know, mountains fall on you. So I, yeah. I encourage everybody to, um, as I said, go check it out. Campfire. It's a free app. And it, you know, the best thing in the world you could do is just go to com slash ask Brad, and it'll come right to my profile. And I, I imagine there's a button right there where they can download the app and ask me a question. I set my, I set my price just down to, I think it's like a dollar per question, which um, is a lot cheaper than I normally charge for any types of consulting. Um, and uh, who knows how long I'll leave it that low, but I encourage it. <laughs> now, uh, let me ask you this. It is still relatively early days. When did you guys officially launch the, uh, the platform?
1: So we officially launched about a month ago, so it was sort of in in, in late August that, we, that cool. we really kicked
0: off. Yep, so it's pretty much brand new. That's fantastic. The um, What is right now, besides just getting more people to know about it and doing what you're doing and spreading the word, what's the biggest nut you're trying to crack with this business, or you know anything else right now, whether it's capital you're trying to raise, whether it's people you're trying to hire, whether it's skill you're trying to develop, I don't know. It's this is but my opportunity for myself and my listeners to potentially think, oh, I've got a, I've got a
1: solution for you. Uh, that's a great question. I think you know when it comes to fundraising, when you have a good team uh, and a good concept and a good plan for execution in place. Fundraising, and I don't mean to sound cocky, but fundraising is, is usually quite easy to come across. There are a right. few tricks that, that I can share with you if you if, if you want me to in a minute. Um, people, always in the market for good people. I, I our team is phenomenal. Our team is fantastic. But as we grow, we need uh, you know a players, I guess. A players are sometimes difficult to come by. Um, you know, I've been interviewing this week, and you know, mm-hmm. candidates can be hit and miss. Uh, but I think our biggest challenge moving forward is to to make sure that we can iterate our product quickly, making sure that we're paying attention to user feedback, making quick, rapid responses to that user feedback, uh, and then also um, localizing the product uh, in different international markets. So the content that somebody sees in, in Lagos, for example, may not be the same content that somebody sees in, in London, at least not mm. the content that's, you know, Curated and pushed to them on the featured feed when they first open the open the app. So I, I would say the product is probably the main the main thing that we need to we need to work on.
0: That makes a lot of sense, and I, I think you're doing the right thing with uh, reaching out to podcasters as well, because I can see how this would be just a tremendous way to get the word out quickly to people who are already used to consuming somebody else's uh, content, and this is a great way for them to kind of get their answers you know questions answered real quickly. So hopefully. Um, Things like this help to propel your um, your success in it. I think it's I think it's fantastic what you're doing. Um, Thank you. So that is that brings us to really the end. What is the uh, if somebody wants to obviously download Campfire? Is it it's available on all platforms, uh, both Android and? iOS.
1: No, it's currently only available for iOS, unfortunately. Okay. But we'll Sorry, Android. Androiders. <laughs> it's I'm an Androider as well, by ah. way, so I, <laughs> I feel the pain. Yes. Um, but it will be. We will have it for Android um, by the end of the year. Oh, I fantastic! Uh, which is good news. But yes, iOS users can can either go to your link, uh, Brad, which you mentioned before, um, or mm-hmm. you can just go to the, the App Store. Just search for Campfire, uh, and it's we're almost always the first uh, the first uh, result that you come across mm-hmm. when you search for. I Just look for the little orange microphone or from your iPhone you can visit get.campfire.fn. Um, so there's three ways to to download the the app. that's you know no excuses now for nice.
0: I love it. and you know in fact, um, as I said I, I will I will keep my price at a dollar for at least the next 30 days. Just so that if anybody wants to ask me any questions, you can jump on there and ask me that. I cannot guarantee that it'll—it's not going to go up a lot more than that, um, you know. Afterwards, but I encourage you just check out baconwrappedbusiness.com dot forward slash ask Brad. And by the way, if you would ever like to email me directly, uh, you can flip that around and email me at askbrad at com. so one or the other will get a hold of me but i think this is great i also think it's a great way for people like i'm just thinking right now like there's probably in my in my email inbox there's i don't know dozen emails just in the past week or month just saying hey can i pick your brain right like can i can i get your opinion on this and i i hate to say no but i also don't have the time to say yes to everybody and i love directing them to something like this that says absolutely you can pick my brain as long as you don't mind doing it like this so um I love it. Well, Christos, I wish you the best of luck. Is there anywhere else you'd like to send them if they'd like to get in contact with you? If they'd like to email you or ask you anything directly, is it?
1: Oh, come on, Brad. You know you know app? what I'm going to say. Exactly. Just look me up on the app. I love it. That's what I thought. <laughs> I answer. I answer all questions that I receive on Campfire. So yeah, if anybody has any questions, you can just find me on Campfire, uh, Christos Shepherd. Just I love it. Last
0: last question. And this kind of just goes back. Just but um, the. you you deal with tokens, not necessarily dollars. So if I'm asking you something, I'm asking for a hundred, I guess it's tokens, right? Or whatever you call them.
1: We call them matches.
0: Matches, cool. So what is the, what is, how does that, what is the conversion rate if what's a hundred matches?
1: A hundred matches is $1. Okay, so it's one, one, one cent is one match. Gotcha. Um, but you can, you can withdraw your earnings in the app at any time. We get it, we're actually getting a cool. lot of questions about this, so the design has to be a bit better. But yeah. the, the money that you earn inside the app uh, is, earned in, in, is denominated in dollars. Mm-hmm. It sounds more complicated than it really is. I think you know, if your users download the app and have a look, at it will make sense. But, but as you earn money, you accumulate dollars, and you can withdraw those dollars at any time. Perfect.
0: All right. Well, that answers that question. Guys, go check it out. Uh, com forward slash ask Brad, and let me know what's on your mind. Christos, thanks for stopping by the show. I really appreciate it. I wish you the best of luck in everything thanks, you do. Brad. And hopefully uh, this thing is rocking and rolling by the next time we talk.
1: Thanks so much. Right. It was great to be here. Thank you, you bet.
0: Everybody else, leave a review on iTunes, but more importantly, share this episode on social media. Tag me in it and let me know what you thought. I'd love to hear from you guys and stay tuned for the next epi-sizzle. We've got some good stuff coming up. Talk soon.